Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen, amen. Great singing this morning. If you open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter number three, that's where we'll find ourselves this morning for the preaching and teaching of God's word. Exodus chapter three. I'd like to get my notes here in front of me because when I'm preaching, I like to stay close to my notes because anyone knows that's preached and stand in front of people. Sometimes that rabbit runs across the platform. And when that rabbit runs across the platform, for all you hunters out there, I'll do my best to try to catch it. But I want to make sure that when I give the word of God today, that is what God would have me to preach and not for what I would want to say. So if you found Exodus chapter 3 this morning, please say amen. amen. Would you please stand for the reading of God's word? We're going to look at the first three verses there in Exodus chapter number 3. Exodus chapter number 3, beginning at verse number 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jepho, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Father, for the privilege it is, Lord, to be able to stand behind this sacred desk and to bring forth the word of God, Lord. I pray, Father, for those that are here in the building and those that are online, Lord, I pray, Father, that you would use the word of God, Lord, to impact their lives, Father. I pray, Lord, that they would not only be hearers of it, but they would be doers. But most importantly, Father, today I pray, Lord, that you would empty me of self, fill me with your spirit, hide me behind the cross of Calvary, and allow your to be represented here in this room, Father. May they see you and not me. I love you. We love you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. As we open up our Bibles and we look at this very familiar character today, we look at Exodus chapter 3 and we see the name Moses. I say the name and perhaps events come to your mind. I think of Moses and certain things fill my mind. I think of Moses and I think of the parting of the Red Sea. Can you imagine having been there when a large body of water just opened up and the ground where it had been covering was immediately dry? You know, ladies and gentlemen, that's a miracle. Nobody does that. Only God can do that. But I think of Moses because he's that instrument of God that it is stretching forth his rod across that body of water and he's there when the Red Sea parts. I think of Moses, and I think of all those plagues. I think of him facing Pharaoh. Let my people go. Throwing that same rod down on the ground, and it becomes a serpent. And Pharaoh's magician seems to pull off 
their own little tricks. Yet Moses' serpent, the Pharaoh's serpent, and God shows he will not be second place to anybody. I think of Moses taking that same rod and striking the rock. I think of Moses taking that and seeing God make that bitter water sweet. I think of Moses being God's instrument, whereby he sent manna from heaven, falling from the sky, where the people say, what is it? What is it? What is it? It's the foods from God. By the way, he gave them just enough food every day for what they needed. It, it reminds me, you don't have to worry about what you have tomorrow. God will give you what you need today, today. I think of Moses, that great servant of the Lord that would take God's people up to the promised land. I, I think of Moses, that man who spent those first 40 years of his life in Pharaoh's house. By accident, he grows up in royalty while his people grew up in slavery. What a man. Those first five books of the Bible are penned by Moses. They're known as the law of God, the Pentateuch. Moses is known as a great man in all the Bible. People who don't read the Bible, people who don't know God, people don't even prophesize to be Christians. They know the name Moses. It's a household name. But where did it all start for him? Where did Moses springboard into greatness? Where did Moses get the beginnings, his purpose? Where did Moses discover his destiny? Where did Moses begin on this journey? They would call life where God would really do more through him and with him and on him in spite of him that he had ever done before. I like to tell you, it starts with this bush, a regular bush. I like to tell you Exodus chapter 3 is nothing about a special bush because there was nothing special about the bush. What was special about Exodus chapter 3 is not the bush, but the God on the bush. See, but it's not just the bush being there in Exodus chapter 3 that changes Moses' life. It's his action toward it. Verse number 3, I will now turn aside. See, the bush is there. God is there. Do you realize it? It was possible in Exodus chapter 3 for God to be there right where Moses was and for Moses to be unchanged. Do you mean to tell me, preacher, I could be in a service this morning where God is and leave unchanged? People do it all the time. Do you mean I could hold this book where God is and read it and be unchanged? People do it all the time. Do you mean I could be in an area where God is moving, God is working, God is revealing himself and be unchanged? People do it all the time. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why man is not where he needs to be and the reason why God's people are not where they need to be is not because God is dead or God is not here or God has left America. God has not left this church. God has not left the presence of where you're living. I like to tell you God is alive, he's active, and he's moving. But the need for the child of God today is to turn aside and behold him. I want us to go back with Moses to this place today. I want to encourage every person to forget the person beside you, in front of you, or behind you, or the person who's not here, or the person who you think needs it. And for a moment in the midst of all that we're doing, all that is going on in a day where I've never seen the devil busier than he is now. Everybody that I talk to, everybody that I hear from, every preacher I converse with, I like to tell you they say the devil is moving. The battles are raging. There's an increase, listen to me, of cruciality where it comes to spiritual warfare right now than it has ever been before. Where we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rules of this darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the devil's turning up because he knows that his time is short. Ladies and gentlemen, we can spend all day and panic and about the work and the movement and the hustle and the bustle of Satan, and I can make a sleepy person scared just talking about the devil. But I don't want to talk about the devil today. I can tell you there's a lot politically going on in the world. I can tell you the unrest that is going on in Europe and the way it affects the United States of America. I can tell you it brings very bleak prospects to our future. I like to tell you as I read the book of Revelations and I study the prophecy in Ezekiel and Daniel and as I look for America in the end times, I can't find her. I don't know when she ceases to exist, but I like to tell you there are dark days ahead of us, but I don't want to talk about political unrest today. I don't want to even tell you about the weather that we just had, and I don't want to talk about economy. I don't want to talk about education. I don't want to talk about diseases. I'm not saying that those things aren't important issues, but I don't want to talk about those. I want us to pause. And in the midst of our work, in the midst of our careers, in the midst of our families, in the midst of our happenings, in the midst of our dealings, in the midst of our busyness and our businesses, and I want us for a moment today to believe and to know that God is real. He is not real because I can feel him, but because he is real, I can feel him. I want to tell you that political unrest and economic struggles and terrorism and the intimate threat of amongst America, I want to tell you that the moving and the developing and the enhancing of the spiritual warfare where Satan rules and reigns, I like to tell you that while all of that is topsy-turvy and off and on and who knows where, I like to tell you that the God we serve today is just as powerful, just as great, just as awesome, just as amazing, just as active, just as moving, just as potent, just as purposeful, just as providential just as perfect, just as preserving, provisional, and promising. He is still God. But we will not change until we turn aside and look at him. Don't look at nonsense today. Look at him. I want us to stop everything we're doing and look at God. I will now turn aside and follow me with Moses as he happened to do the same. And let's see what happened to him when he turned aside and tried and see if it don't go on with you if you turn aside with me. If you're taking notes this morning, write this down. Number one, the confining preparation. The confining preparation. Preacher, what do you mean about confining preparation? I mean this, if you're going to see God, God has to confine you by the way of preparing you to get you in a place where you can see him. See, everybody wants to see him, but nobody wants to get prepared to see him. So everybody wants the product, but nobody wants the process. The confining preparation. If you're in your Bibles in Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 1, if you write in your Bible and that's something that you do, I'd like you to circle the word kept. Circle the word led and circle the word came. Notice them again in your Bible. Moses kept. And then he says he led, and then last in phrase in the verse, it says he came. Confining preparation. Preachers, so what is preparation for turning aside to see God? I'll tell you what it is. It's what I call, if you write this down, the significance of activity. The significance of activity. See, the words kept, led, and came are grammatically our verbs. More specifically, our action verbs. Can I tell you that Moses, when he saw God, was active. He was keeping, he was leading, he was coming. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to tell you, if you're not seeing God right now in your Christian life, it could be you're not active. 
You don't spot God chilling. You don't spot God retreating. You don't spot God taking it easy. You don't spot God slowing down spiritually. You spot God on the move. He kept. He led. He came. There was great significance in activity. In 2022, preacher, I want to see God like I like to tell you. You want to see him? Get in your Bible. Get in the ministry. Get involved in church. Get busy soul winning. Get involved in the work of God. Don't be stagnant. Don't be stale. Don't be slothful. Don't be lethargic. Don't be lazy. Don't be lackadaisical. Be abounding. Be active. Be moving. Because my friend, if you want to spot God that's on the move, you got to be on the move. The significance of activity, write this down. The stigma of anonymity. You know what anonymity means? I'll spell it for you. A-M-E-N-I-T-Y. You know, that gets a bad rap. What's the stigma of anonymity? The stigma of anonymity is being unknown means nothing good is going on. If I was guessing, if God was going to blow Moses up in a big way, he would have did it in the first 40 years while he, was on, while he was in royalty. But God thought the total opposite. God thought, Moses, you're not going to see me sitting at the Pharaoh's table being wine and dine. On the contrary, you're going to see me on the backside of the desert where nobody knows your name. Now watch this now. I'm talking about confining preparation could it be that God is taking you through something that has thrust you away from where you like to be? And right now, your Christian life is being lived on the backside of the desert. And you're spending more prayer time complaining about where God has taken you instead of realizing that him taking you there has prepared you to see him in a way like you've never seen him before. See, Moses didn't see God in the palace. He was too busy being somebody. He was too busy being something. He was too busy keeping up with everything. But when he got on the backside of the desert where nobody knew him, he realized that to see God, it's not about people knowing me. It was about me knowing him. Don't knock being anonymous. See, everybody wants to be known and recognized and seen. Could I tell you that the height of Moses' experience with God didn't happen when everybody knew his name? It happened when nobody did. There's a great significance in activity. There's a, certainly a stigma in anonymity. But then, Brother Tyler, there's a strength in aloneness. Strength in aloneness. Write that down. See, we talk about that quite a bit because instinctively being alone has a negative connotation to it. Listen to these statements and see if they don't sound negative. I'm all alone. Watch this now. Nobody is with me. I was all by myself. Don't they instinctively have a negative connotation to it? But don't you know what we find out in the Word of God that there's great strength and aloneness. You know why? Because when it's God and I, that's when we find out who we really are. Now, we all like to be with folks. Some people can't do anything by themselves. They go to the mall. They have to pick somebody up. They go to eat. They have to go with somebody. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. If, every if you're ever going to be ready for God, and if you're going to do something through you, if he's going to, you're going to have to learn to spend time with God by yourself. Now I want to tell you something. A couple of Sundays ago, remember we were stuck in the house? I mean, that, that snow, and bad enough for these past two years with COVID and people being stuck in the house. I mean, I don't like being stuck in the house. I mean, 
How many of you struggle with cabin fever? I mean, staying in the house, I don't like being in the house forever. I don't like it. You know why? Because I like to tell you something. I like coming to church. I love getting with God's people. I hate missing church. I do. There's something special, by the way. The Bible teaches there's something special about coming into the house of God. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, he says, Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. See, we provoke one another to love and good works. We sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. We encourage one another, by one another edify each other. We exalt in Christ together. It's something about hearing the choir sing. There is something about fellowshipping together with the saints. There's something about corporate preaching of the Word of God. There's something about coming together and being in the house of God. I love church. But ladies and gentlemen, the highest point of my Christianity with God did not happen in church. It happened with God when I was by myself. No, no, no. You want to come with Moses today? I'm going to tell you something. If it's just you and God and it's too awkward for you, you better not come. See, sometimes we need to read our Bible with the TV off and pray with our phones powered off and come to the altar and pray by ourselves because there is great strength and aloneness. Mark it down. Moses, in a little while, you're going to be in a crowd, but you're not ready, ready to serve me in a crowd. If you're not ready to serve me by yourself, that's confining preparation. Secondly, write this down. The captivating presence. The captivating presence. What happened while he was alone? He saw something. The Bible says he saw a bush burning with fire. No big deal. Uh, he was, it, was this, it was a big deal. It kept burning, but it never could consume. It, we know that wood burns up. See, this bush kept burning but it just kept burning. See, this bush wouldn't go away. And Moses said, I have never seen this before. Can I tell you that when you and God get by yourself, and by the way, I know that we are all in church together, but it's possible God does it like this. It is possible for the presence of God to be in the midst of this crowd this morning to encircle you and make you feel like you're only the person in the auditorium. It's possible. When that happens, can I tell you, what you'll see about God, you'll see stuff that you've never seen anywhere else. Bushes that are burning and don't get consumed. This is what was an intriguing appearance. Write that down. An intriguing appearance to Moses. There was a great distinctiveness. I don't see bushes like this burning and not be consumed. And that distinctiveness was a draw. Moses said, I see something that amazes me, and it makes me want to move closer to it. Have you ever seen God at a distance and saw him in such a way that he made you want to move closer? Every read one chapter and I had to read another? Pray five minutes and had to pray ten? Have you ever gotten close enough to God that there was something special about God that no man can produce, no pastor can be responsible for, no religion can take credit for? It is the unseen hand of God without denying it. It is God. I tell you, if you turn aside and look at this bush this morning, you would want to go closer. The intriguing appearance. Okay, I'm going to see what this is. He moved closer to this bush, and the intriguing appearance drew him, and something happened. Write it down. He got an individual address. Get this. He's on the backside of the desert. Bushes are, are not an anomaly back there. 
He's seen bushes before, but he's never seen God on one. So he decided to move closer. He don't even know who this is. He just knows that whoever it is is doing stuff that normal people can't do. It's possible for God to be in the midst and you not know it's him. It is possible for you to move closer to him without him introducing himself. See, he had to introduce himself. Now watch this now. As he got closer to the bush, I guess what he heard? His name. Not yo. What's up? Or dearly beloved, it was Moses. See, from a distance, you can't just know about God up close. You get to know God. Moses, Moses, listen to me. I'm not doubting just about every person in the building today at some point has seen God at work. It's not hard. See, the heavens declare the glory of God. If you saw a bird chirping and the wind blowing this morning, if you looked up when the sun came out, you saw God because the heavens, they are articulating, declare the glory of God. I'm not asking you if you've ever seen God. I'm asking you if you ever got close enough to know that God was calling your name. See, I'm not preaching today because I've seen God. I'm preaching today because I saw God. Enough of him to make me get closer. And when I got close, he called my name. If I hadn't heard my name, I would have been quitting preaching a long time ago. Because I heard my name is not an option. See, the goal of the preacher in 2022 is not to be heard. See, this goal of the preacher is to direct all the hearers to hear God's voice. Don't hear me, hear him. And the goal is that God gets on me so you see God in, in me. So when I'm preaching, you're not worried about what I'm saying. You're worried about what God has to say. Can I tell you that my God is so big that Satan can't deal with him? But my God is so personal that he will deal individually with you. Wouldn't it be something if one accord, if every member at Open Bible Baptist Church in 2022 got close enough to God to hear his own name? Wow. Let me move. The intriguing appearance, the individual address. Write this down. The indescribable aura. When he turned aside to see out of the midst of the bush, Moses, Moses, whoa, here am I. Here am I. God, I'm right here. I see you. I know it's you. I know you're talking to me. Listen to me. When you know God's talking to you, you'll listen. I'm picturing Moses like a kid in the, in the candy store, a kid at the toy store, you know, a kid at amusement park waiting for it to be open, and, and he can't wait. And then all of a sudden, he, he sees that green light, and picture Moses being like a kid when God said his name. Just like running up like, yes, it's me. It's time to see him. And he starts to run. And God says, wait. Take off your shoes. I don't mind you running at me, but you better run right. See, that's what happens when you're with God alone. That's, that doesn't happen sometimes when you're with God in a crowd. See, when you're with God in a crowd, worship becomes contagious, and it gets loud, and everybody gets loud. Somebody raised their hand, somebody else raises their hand. One person starts clapping, everybody starts clapping. And before long, you got the devils and the saints are running to God at the same time. See, when, when you get with God all by yourself, bringing that junk to God, hold 
Cole, Cole, I don't mind you running, but the place that you walketh is holy ground. So before you run to me, don't run to me like you go to the club, go to the movie theater or go to school. Don't run to me like you run to your job. Don't run to me like you run to each other. Run to me like I'm holy, like I'm righteous, like I'm pure, like I'm without error. Run to me like I'm God. Slip off your shoes. It says to all of us, when we approach God, we must approach him in humility. The heavy announcement is that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I've been around, Moses. I just didn't show up today. I was here before you, and I'm talking to you. You know, there is a great miracle in the fact that God talks to us. Number three, write this down, the commissioning purpose. Whew. So Moses gets up to God, and what happens? He gets to God. Can you imagine Moses moving closer to God? I, I picture it sounding something like this. Heartbeat. See, you can't listen to God's heartbeat unless you get up close. Even the doctors have to put on a stethoscope <laughs> to hear your heartbeat. Now listen, write this down. A revelation of a sovereign mind. A revelation of a sovereign mind. From a distance, Moses goes, wow, I've never seen that before. Let me get closer, up close. Moses goes, Phew. God says, Moses, it's me. Come here. And he's almost like Moses lays his head on the chest of God and starts listening in on what God's got on his heart and what's on his mind. Let me tell you what it sounds like. I have people in bondage. That bothers me. I have a nation that cannot worship me, and that bothers me. I have people that I love that are slaves, and that bothers me. Can you hear that, Moses? What would happen if every member at Open Bible Baptist Church laid on the chest of God? We start hearing the burden of God about people that we've never heard before. See, when you know the apostle that speaks out about love, John, why? Because he laid on the chest of God. You learn love from love. God is love. You know what we need to learn as a church? How to love. You know where to learn love from? Love. Greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. More closer that I get to God, the more I think about souls. The closer I get to God, the more burden I am for people. The closer that I get to God, the less I'm caught up in my own nonsense. Lay your head on the chest of God, the more you'll be burdened about your neighbors. Lay your head on the chest of God, the more you'll be burdened about your co-workers. Lay your head on the chest of God, I bet you'll be burdened about Bible publishing. Lay your head on the chest of God, I bet you'll be burdened about the generations, young person. Lay your head on the chest of God, you'll be burdened about your lost teacher. Lay your head on the chest of God, I bet you'll be burdened about your teammates on your ball team. Lay your head on the chest of God, I bet you'll be burdened about the orphans you don't have parents. I bet you'll be burdened about the drug addicts who don't know how to get right. I bet you'll be burdened about the people in other countries who don't have the gospel. I can't tell you what you'll hear. I'm just telling you nobody ever put their ear on God's chest without hearing it beat for souls. The revelation of a sovereign mind. Moses, you back here in the desert, 
and not even thinking about Israel. But if you get up close to me, you know what I want you to know? I am the revelation of a sovereign mind. Write this down. The reality of a selection of ministry. It was not enough for God to tell him there are people in Egypt I care about. But this is what he said. I'm going to use you to do something about it. Do you know that God has the burden for people? Here's my question. Do you know that God uses people to deal with that burden? You know, every time I, I take a trip back to the bush, I feel guilty. I feel guilty of not being a better soul winner, about not investing in more people, about not caring for more souls, seeing the greatest motivation to being a soul winner to spending time with the greatest soul winner. You don't learn soul winning from classes. You learn how to soul win from classes, but you learn the heart for souls from God. See, in 2022, how close will you get to that bush? Have you got caught up in your career activities? and programs? Are you busy keeping up with life when they put things on the table for you? Did you forget about the, that being that busiest person in the world? You know, God is the most busiest person of all. He has to take care of all of us. And of all of his busyness, his heart beats for people. You know what that tells me? There's got to be a ministry that I can get involved in. There's got to be somebody I can lead to the Lord. There's got to be a new Christian I can disciple. Somebody I can love on. Somebody I can give to. Why? Because when I get up to him, that's all he's talking about. The revelation of a sovereign mind. The reality of a selection in ministry. Now watch this. The reluctant of a servant to move. This is a good one. The reluctant of a servant to move. Here go the excuses. But, 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 but God, I can't speak. I, I, I know the people who are back in Egypt need somebody, but not me. Ain't that us? We struggle with seeing the need, and then when we do see it, we quick to unvolunteer. If you're up close to God and you know there are people that need the Lord, the question is, can he use you to reach them? But God, I can't. But God, I'm not able. But God, I'm too broke. But God, I'm too busy. But God, I got my own problems. Ain't that a good one? As soon as there's a need, they sure need it. But I got needy as more. Ain't that us? I love to help you, but your need is smaller than mine. Neediness is not an excuse for not helping the needy. Number four, write this down. The confirming power. The confirming power. Write this down. The exclamation of a supreme existence. The exclamation of a supreme existence. Moses, everything you say I am, not guess what I am. I am that I am, the exclamation of a supreme existence, the elimination of a senseless excuse. Write that down. The elimination of a senseless excuse. Don't tell me you're inadequate. I'm adequate. Don't tell me you're insufficient. I'm sufficient. Don't quote me your inabilities. I'm able. 
And ladies and gentlemen, if you think your limitations are a good excuse not to obey God, you must have forgotten he's limitless. Mm. Write this down. The enabling of a successful execution. The enabling of a successful execution. I'll give you my presence. I'll give you my provision. I'll give you my protection. It's all there in Exodus chapter 3. What's in your hand? I'm with you. I'll give you Aaron to go beside you. I'll give you a rod to carry. What is, what's special about a rod? Nothing. But I'm special. See, we, we forget that. Things that are ordinary do things that are extraordinary when a big guy gets on them. It is so true. How many of us look at ourselves and says, I'm not able to do this. I can't do this. And, and we get down on ourselves and we look at society and, and we see everything that's going on in the world. And, and when all these things are going on in the world, then we start to say, I can't do this anymore. I just want to quit. I just want to give up. When are we going to have this? When is this going to take place? What are we doing? What's going on? Question is, what are you and I doing? That's what God's asking. I'm closing. Write this down. The convincing picture. There's a picture in this story. There's a bush what is a bush? It's really nothing. The bush represents the meagerness of sinful creatures. The meagerness of sinful creatures. You know what that bush represents? Me. You're just an ordinary bush. Read your Bible. Tell me all the wonderful stories in the Word of God that we have about bushes. And tell me the last time a bush told you about Jesus. Tell me the last time you saw a bush and thought, that's what I want to be when I grow up. Would you sign my Bible? The bush is the picture of the meagerness of sinful creatures. But there's something else in that story, a fire. The fire is a picture of the magnitude of our sovereign creator. The bush is nothing, but the fire is everything. See, the bush is a picture of us, and the fire is a picture of God. But there is even a bigger picture, not just the bush and not just the fire, but the fire on the bush. See, the bush is a picture of the meagerness of sinful creatures. I can't do anything on my own. But the fire pictures the magnitude uh, of a sovereign creator. He can do everything on his own. But the fire on the bush is a picture of the miracle shared cooperation. And here it is. I am nothing on my own. He is everything on his own. But we can do something together. You know what Moses found out? Everything you said about yourself, Moses, it's true. But I knew that before I called you. Everything I said about myself, Moses, is true. But I knew that before I called you. But if we can get together, I will take your nothing and I will put my everything on it. And my everything will take your nothing and we'll do something for my glory. 
There's nobody in this building that represents anything but nothing without, nothingness without God. But there's nobody in this building, your nothingness, that when you ignite with God's everythingness, that can't do something for God's glory. He didn't learn that from the Red Sea. He didn't learn that at the rock. He didn't learn that when he was in Pharaoh's house. He didn't look he didn't learn that when he looked at the promised land. He didn't learn that when he got the manna. He didn't learn that when the bitter water became sweet. He learned it on the backside of the desert where God showed up. And when God showed up, He made a decision. I will turn aside and behold him. Let me ask you. Have you made a decision? Have you decided when you turn aside and see that bush that you were going to get involved? Did, did you turn aside and see that bush and decide, you know what? I'm going to lead somebody to the Lord in 2022. I, I'm going to disciple somebody in 2022. I'm going to empty myself and let God use me like he's never used me before in 2022. How many of us need to turn aside and behold him? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today. I thank you, Father, for your word this morning. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we as a church, we as individuals, will look into our own hearts and our own lives. And Father, may we see ourselves in this passage of scripture today, Father, and may you help us from the youngest to the oldest change and make a decision to turn aside and behold you. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. 
Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.